Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face to face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Welcome to the podcast. We're glad you're here. I'm Jason McKnight, and I'm here with Ben Hendricks, and we have with us Grant Yao. Grant, welcome. Well, glad to be here. We are so glad you're here. Now, the three of us work together on staff, and Ben is our longest-serving student pastor, if you can believe it, Grant. <laughs> Put up with me that long. <laughs> He's also our longest-serving podcast co-host. Uh, but Grant is here at Grace, as those of you who come to Grace know. He's here as he and Alexis prepare to be launched by the Lord to plant a church in Greensboro. And I actually, I love working with you guys. It is so much fun. And, and with Kent, who's behind the camera, um, our whole staff here at Grace, it's a joy. What we want to tackle today is something that you guys do really well. So I, I'll say some stuff, but I want to draw some stuff out of you. And here it is, a life of diligence. Yeah. Our world is filled with folks on the rat race, which is work, 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 right? Or filled with the idea of a couch potato. Yeah. <laughs> rest, 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 rest. Overworked, underworked, frenetic pace to sedentary existence. Like, we got to figure this out as kingdom people in the world. We got to figure out how to walk in the middle of hard work and adequate rest, Amen. and both of them in God's measure. So this episode and next episode, the three of us are going to have a conversation about a life of diligence, and then also in the next episode, godly rest. Godly hard work and godly rest and renewal. So right now, let's jump into diligence. Grant, you're one of the most diligent people I know. See what I did there? I used the word. You're one of the most diligent people I know. I want you, though, as we were talking about it, as we've been talking about it for the last few months, um, tell us how you got there. Yeah, so uh, my story really is, uh, you know, many of you probably don't know, uh, I used to be an exterminator for about two years before uh, the Lord called us to grace. And so when I think about that, uh, exterminating really involves a great deal of rigor, uh, attention to detail, uh, very long hours. And so when I just, I feel like that job God put me in sort of to force me to be diligent because as an exterminator, it really is a job that kind of pigeonholes you and you have mm. to be diligent or you won't be, you won't do the job effectively. So uh, really consists of a lot of long hours, uh, sometimes 13 to 14 jobs to accomplish mm. uh, in crawl spaces. You know, you don't have to get in underneath every crawl space that you at every house that you treat, but you have to do it a lot. Also, you know, you had to go in attics and deal with wasps and hornets and, and those things. And also you got <laughs> you got the sun rebounding off houses and oh, sometimes it's very cold. And so I think. I really would be lying if I said well, those were not hard days and sometimes mm. hard times to just say, you know what, why am I doing this job? And I remember sometimes I would ask God, like, how, God, how does this maximize the gifts you've given me? Mm. You know, being an exterminator doesn't seem like it is really maximizing uh, the call that you have for me for ministry, but to live. Maybe for parenting. Absolutely. No, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But, but like when I think about even those days when they were long, difficult, rigorous, uh, I really believe that it caused, like, I believe the passages that really caused me to remain diligent were Ecclesiastes 9.10 and Colossians 
24, I believe, or 23, right in that range. And Ecclesiastes 9, 10 says, whatever your hand, whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your might. That's and um, Colossians 4 really deals with, you know, with a work heartily to the Lord, which really are comparative verses. And so I would always have those at the front of my mind, and it would motivate me to say, you know what, if I am every since I am in Christ and since the gospel has changed my life, everything that my hand finds to do, I'm to do it all my might. Mm-hmm. And so when I thought about that, while wow, that motivated me to go on the crawl spaces when I didn't feel like it. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, right, right. it motivated me to just treat houses at the best of my ability, even if like at the end of my day it would be three or four uh, houses to get done. It's easy for me to say, man, just 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 go home. And I wanted to just go home, but it just motivated me to say, you know what? I have three or four more jobs to do. Let me get those done because Christ is watching. Christ mm-hmm. sees this. And so really, I say all that to say really that I believe God in his grace really placed me in a job that demanded that diligence of me. Right. Because um, I haven't, I would be lying if I say I've always been diligent. Hmm. Um, but I think God placed me in that job so that I could, to really prepare me for the rigors of ministry as well. And so, and, and just a few lessons that I think I learned overall in that job of those long hours, having to have attention to detail. I think God taught me how to endure. Hmm. Because that's really a job when it's cold, it's 20 degrees outside sometimes in Western North Carolina. And also the fact that it was hot, I think you have to have an endurance about you to be able to accomplish that job. And so as many of you know, because you've been in ministry longer than I have, that marathon, that ministry is definitely not a a sprint, it's a marathon. And I think God taught me that, you know, with endurance. And also just taught and me how life to, is a yeah, marathon. Absolutely. Life following life Jesus. Life in general. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. And so, and just be a self-starter and learn how to take initiative, not being told to do things. And so I'm just thankful for that. And I really want to give a shout out to my wife as well, because uh, when I think about, you know, my story, I mm. think my wife is probably the most diligent person that I know. Uh, as you mentioned, like you feel I'm one of the most of you, you know, diligent people that you've met. I think my wife definitely is the most diligent. And I think being married for her, married with her for the last five years has taught me in our marriage just how to be more diligent uh, because she is incredible. And I think that God used her as really uh, tremendously in my life and has That's really great. made a great impression on me when it comes to isn't diligence. That, isn't it a great thing that you didn't quit after a month? <laughs> But Absolutely. over those two years in that place, God yep. allowed you to grow into Amen. a guy with diligence. Like yep. you said, well, I probably didn't have as much before, yeah. but it took yep. a couple of years. Ben, you know, sorry. You know what the frustrating thing to me is? Is I have kind of made it a bit of my MO. That I, when I think back to my seminary job of selling shoes to women, of how bad it was for me, of woe was me. <laughs> but now, when, But of course, the Lord has to bring you here. Where I have to look back and think of the air conditioning and all I did was sell shoes. And you're over here crawling through the crawl space, <laughs> killing bugs. Yeah. Well, you both kind of had to deal with some cockroaches. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I think like you, I, I did learn a little bit of, of diligence just working yep. a job that was not exactly what I wanted to do. And what I didn't feel like the Lord wanted me of, uh, to do, but he wanted me to do right then, which mm. is a difference. That's good. So why That's don't we good. move really quickly just to kind of do, giving everyone a definition of what diligence is. It's one of those words where I think we use it a good bit, but I'm not, I'm not sure we always know the actual 
like a definition for or like a working yeah. definition. Yeah. So here's what I think it is. I think diligence is a careful and persevering effort in mm. something. Hmm. So diligence is a careful and persevering effort in something. So that's a project, a role, a calling. So a couple examples is, you know, he was diligent in mowing the lawn. He did it. I never was when I was 16. I, <laughs> I'm waiting to grow uh, into that now. Uh, she is so diligent in doing her homework. Mm-hmm. You've never seen a more diligent, and we can fill that out in so many ways, house church leaders, pastors, mm, wife, yeah. spouse, whatever. And so I, I think this idea of diligence is a careful and persevering effort in something should give a good bit of hope to us of that yeah. mm-hmm. this is something that's actually attainable and something worth yep. attaining. That a lot of times the things that can seem at really uh, sometimes major spiritual fruit and even practical fruit can seem way too far down the line and go, is that even worth the effort to get? Mm. Because they can take diligence. And so diligence does actually take diligence to get to. <laughs> And so that's one of the interesting parts is one of the, as, as we become diligent, we are practicing diligence and just persevering through it, mm-hmm. that it is the careful and persevering effort in something. Uh, I, I think mm-hmm. we see that all over Scripture. Uh, I'll, let me give you two because we'll talk about it a little bit more in a little bit. But uh, Ecclesiastes 9.10, exactly the one you said, whatever your hand <laughs> finds to do, do it with your might. Mm. I love that. Uh, and then two or second Peter first or one ten. while I'm struggling to read. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you mm. practice these qualities, you will never fall. Mm. And even two perspectives that are on like almost on opposite sides of one just being very practical, one being very spiritual mm. of just being diligent to confirm your calling and election. Such an interesting thing. Jason, what do you think? Well, when I kind of think, first of all, I love the story and the, the way God pressed you Grant. And then the, the quick definition, uh, super helpful. I also love the idea of opposites. Sometimes I can define something by yeah. seeing what it's not. And mm-hmm. so, well, all right, if I think diligence, I'm thinking on the opposite end, I'm thinking sloth yeah. or laziness mm-hmm. or procrastination, which was, <laughs> which was my drug of choice as a teenager. Uh, so that's the opposite. Or, or workaholism mm-hmm. or perfectionism far to the other end. And and it's beautiful. Sloth, laziness, procrastination, perfectionism, yeah. workaholism, all of these things, diligence counters, but in different ways. Like diligence invites you to exert energy. So it's not lazy. And it invites you to get it done and, and doing doing it dilig- like, yeah. like conscientiously sort of on time uh, and not just pushing off. I, I don't know why it didn't, like when I was a high school kid putting off my homework I spent so much more effort in my head putting it off than if I would have taken the 32 minutes and Absolutely. doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> but it weighed on yeah. me for six hours. It's funny how, how much time and effort I'll put into worrying yeah. about how something's going to get done instead of just sitting down going, okay, I'll just And do just it. doing it. Yeah. So <laughs> sloth, laziness, procrastination. But you know what? Workaholism, man, diligence counters that because it invites you to keep work within limits. Mm-hmm. Like workaholism, the problem there is... Uh, you're just driven to succeed or you're yeah. running from problems so you go to work. But this invites you to receive the work mm-hmm. in God's ways. And then perfectionism versus excellence. Like diligence seeks excellence, not perfection, because yes. we're not yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and there's there's so much less less pressure on us. So I don't know. I think diligence invites, like how you know if you're diligent, You well, there's there's fruit, there's faithfulness, there's joy coming out of the job well done. Yep. Um, and I, I remember uh, somebody, 
uh, emailing me once, uh, writing an article about preaching and pastors and the toll preaching takes on pastors. And here's what, here's the angle was in your sermon specifically. How do you know when you're done preparing? Mm. Because let's everyone can make a sermon better until the moment you preach it. And unfortunately, we never think of it till the afternoon when we're trying to nap. Oh, I should have said this. Yeah. I should have said that. Yeah. But how do, how do you save from staying up till three in the morning every Saturday night and being wasted at church? Well, diligence saves you from that because you'll never get it perfect. But, you know, the Lord gave to me really early, look, do your best and then trust me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of part of diligence. Yeah. I love that diligence at some level just brings freedom. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's very like, I can what sleep you're saying. And yeah. Like, yeah, the, the comment that I made that, the amount of time that I spend worrying about something, but diligence can just bring freedom. Freedom be reward, to be rewarded for hard work, mm-hmm. but also freedom to stop when you actually should, right? right. Like exactly what you were saying. Yeah. And then uh, also freedom to measure by, a, I think, a godly standard, not just mm-hmm. what the world is saying, which can be really difficult because often the metric that we use to judge everything that we do is what the world is saying about it and so a lot of for a lot of us i think that's can be social media that i mean it's things online it's just and one of the beauties of the online is we're interconnected but one of the horrors of (laughs) the internet is that we're interconnected and we see everything that we're doing we can compare everything yeah and so diligence gives you that freedom to just be like i worked my tail off and that's all i got and i did it to the best i could yeah yeah no i'm glad you said that too because being reminded of just how when you said it brings freedom uh, because really it's because it's God's gift that he mm. gives to us and That's it good. just in the culture that we live in we know that a lot of people see work as um, a product of the fall but really it's not you know it's it, Work is definitely not the product of the fall. It's rather our attitude towards work that's the product of the fall. It's, it's frustrating. It's, we, we don't like it, uh, but God designed for work to be delightful. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's a good thing to be reminded of that because deal, when, when you know that you have a certain job, or whatever it may be, or a task, like you saying, mowing the lawn or, or whatever, it may, whatever it is, I think when you know that we're supposed to be diligent in that because it is a gift from God to steward, right? It's a gift, but it's also something that we steward uh, by God's grace. And so I just, I just love that you even said that with freedom because I think when we understand work is not um, a product of the fall, but rather it's a gift from God, uh, it frees yeah. us up to enjoy that freedom that he has for us. Yeah, so, I agree. Absolutely. That is great. Jason, where do you see this in Scripture? Well, I mean, that's, a, that's fun. And we were talking about this before. Um, there, there's probably a few. Let me give you Moses. Yeah. Think about it. Moses, 40 years with the sheep. I mean, like we're not even talking Exodus yet. We're talking 40 years with the sheep for his father-in-law. I think you'd have to be diligent or else you're losing your flock eight days a week. Amen. We glorify sheep. (laughs) Yeah, they're dumb and and bad and (laughs) wandering. So he's 40 years with sheep. But, you know, then he's 40 years with the children of Israel, which he's like, I should go back to the sheep. (laughs) You know, but Hebrews 4 calls him diligent over God's house. And so he gave his Amen. best to the people of God through those 40 years. So there's a great example. And, and you know, you read, it like, like all 40 years happens, 38 mm-hmm. of the years happens in six chapters in mm-hmm. numbers. So it goes really fast when you read it over two days of quiet times or something. Yeah. But 
I mean, 40 years, I'm only 48. Like that's my whole life, basically. He's walking around mm. with these children of Israel, but he's diligent over the household of God. So there, there's one example. Yeah, and I think we also see it just all over the book of Proverbs. Like in <laughs> Proverbs 12, 24, I mean, which we all know that Proverbs is kind of this entire book of wisdom literature. And so Solomon writes, this, he says, the hand of the diligent will, will rule while the slothful will be put to forced labor. Proverbs 21, 20, or 5, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes to poverty. 10.4, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes mm. it rich. Mm. It's interesting that diligence seems to be the difference, not just between wealth and poverty, but success and lack thereof. Yeah. Like It's almost mm. as if diligence really is the secret sauce of flourishing, that if you're willing to keep seeking this out to the end, you'll eventually get to where you're trying to go. And now that may not always be true in every facet of our lives, right? Like there are places where we do fall short, but diligence over the long haul seems to more often than not get us to where we're trying to go. But the problem is it's slow often. (laughs) And I think sometimes we're not expecting to play the long, patient, faithful, diligent game, but we just want it now. Yeah. Yeah, I think Proverbs asks us to, or commands us to, put a little bit more time in. That's Absolutely. good. And glad y'all mentioned those examples because I think of uh, the Proverbs thirty-one woman. I think she embodies mm. diligence well. Yeah. Um, she plans. Uh, she provides uh, for her home. It's crazy. I think because when you see that passage, I believe the fear of the Lord really is what drives her to be a diligent woman and just a <laughs> diligent right. person in general. Um, we can clearly see she takes initiative. And, and at the end, when you see in verse 31, part of the reason why she is praised and honored is because of her Christ-honoring work uh, that, that she does. I mean, Proverbs 31 and 31 says, Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works, and let her works praise her in the gates. And so it's just amazing that even when we think about when we are diligent, um, the Lord does praise us. He does celebrate us in that. That when we are engaging in Christ-honoring work, uh, that he delights and that he loves that. So I think it's good for us to be reminded to turn back to Proverbs 31 woman to remind ourselves of how we can be diligent and do that well. I mean, that's such a great, like when you stop to think of that woman in Proverbs 31, she, that's one. I mean, if you're going to say anything about her, she's diligent. Mm-hmm. She is Amen. diligent. Praise that's God. That's great. And I think one of the last places, and let's be honest, the most obvious one <laughs> is just really looking at Jesus. Like Jesus really, and I think we can often lose this amongst all the stories, amongst Mm -hmm. all the reality of of what when we're reading our Bibles, we can lose out on understanding that Jesus really is diligent. But Jesus really is the diligent son who has come to give life and life to the full. Yes. Who will and has brought glory to the Father, who will not lose a single soul entrusted to him and has, yes, been declared by the Father the good, and faithful servant. Like, we cannot lose sight of that. I think one of my favorite examples of this is, I'll, I'll never forget when I saw it, or, or when I heard it for the first time. It was Matthew 26, 53, when Jesus says, do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father that he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? Because I think of Jesus as the guy sometimes, and I get stuck here, mm. of he was just kind of, I mean, he was it. He was the, he was the sheep this, who just got thrown up there. He had to pay the price. Mm-hmm. It probably wasn't mm-hmm. his idea, mm-hmm. but it was the father's, and he just had to go with it, right? But Matthew 26, verse 53 t- is very clear. 
Jesus had every ability to get his himself off that cross, mm. but his diligence and his perseverance pushes him through to the end because he saw the hope of the, for the people. Amen. Praise people. God. Mm-hmm. Mm. I want that kind of diligence, <laughs> the ability right. to really suffer through things, yes. to be able to struggle through what life throws at us, and just the difficulties of, I mean, of walking in community, which we mm. need, walking through hardships. And he's dealing with whatever goes yeah. on. Jesus gives a perfect mm-hmm. and unbelievable example of that, I think. And you know that he fits that definition to a T. Absolutely. Uh, careful and persevering effort yes. in the project role or calling you have. And praise the Lord, he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've come to do your will. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's get practical. Let's give some helps. And uh, how we kind of thought about this is let's give a couple of helps each practical tips that um, will make us in our lives, like any life, like as a student or as someone at work or at home or in the community or at church or in any way, um, more diligent how we have grown and what we can help with others. So give us, uh, who, who's going to go first? Well, I'm happy to go first. All right, you, uh, you student. Anyway, so I think one of the, the top pieces of practical advice that I would give is that diligence is aided by clarity. So... Mm. I think the vast majority of people who don't feel like they're diligent don't always know where they're going or how they're going to mm-hmm. get to where they're going. It's good. Clarity is knowing where you're planning to go and then hopefully how you're going to get there, right? Mm-hmm. I remember I learned this very quickly in my first two months here at Grace. Hmm. Uh, I, you know, a specific senior pastor that I work for here <laughs> uh, had given this. me these little sheets of like these time sheets where I would write down and take, it, it, like at time for short, for brevity, uh, like an audit of what I was doing, how I was spending my day. And I thought that was the dumbest thing. I was like, I'm waste, I'm literally wasting time writing these, de- like all this stuff down. <laughs> and I remember two weeks in, I, you brought me into your office and you just asked me how things were and I almost broke down into tears <laughs> because I was like, I'm wasting my life. Like I'm wasting mm-hmm. time. The Lord's called me to this. I have to, I'm going to be held accountable for this time. Mm-hmm. I want to be using this well. And I am... I'm just not, I don't feel like I'm doing any of this. Yeah. And you're like, well, how are those timesheets going? And you probably didn't say it sarcastically at all knowing you. But and I remember looking at this tool, this rule, this thing that you'd given me. And, and I was like, oh, like this was to help me know where I was going. This was to help me know how I was supposed to get there. And because what I quickly learned was I was actually being more diligent in places than I really thought I was. I thought when I wasn't doing anything, those phone calls, these conversations, this reading, this prep, or whatever it was, mm-hmm. was actually me working and trying to get the, the move the yeah. project forward and being diligent in whatever it is. That was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think we need to have clarity of where we're going and then how we're going to get there. Yeah. And that helps fuel diligence. Yeah. Grant, what would you say? I would say understand that you are going to fail at diligence. Hmm. Uh, because but I just think, diligence, nothing else. Yeah, you're gonna <laughs> no. fail a lot more than that too. <laughs> yeah, so you're gonna uh, but fail. yeah, because I think uh, it is very easy for us to say, well, if I fail, you know, say you plan to uh, the next 20 days, I'm gonna have uh, my devotional time is gonna be perfect, just like I want it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna read and pray, and say you don't do all 20 of those days perfectly. You fail. You, you don't do it uh, like you want to do. And I think uh, we look at that because there's, there's, we learn things when we fail, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes the greatest teacher is what? Failing. <laughs> and so 
we all we're not experts by any mean on you know, by any means and on diligence we're growing in it just like you are but i think it's very key for us to realize that we will fail when it comes to the goals we set whatever it is in our job we're not always going to everything that our hands finds to do to do with all our might um, but when we do fail just learn from those lessons and grow from that because i think failure really was the greatest teacher for me in ways too uh so I just want to encourage someone with that because I know you can feel like, man, it's so overwhelming. And and I'm never going to overcome this lack of diligence in my soul and in my life. I think you definitely can. That's great. Because I do. I feel like failure, uh uh-oh, I'm I'm on the side. But no, you can learn from (laughs) it. God doesn't waste anything. Uh, Here's a a quick one is that God gives the energy Hmm. to work and work well. I mean, that's Colossians 1, Mm -hmm. 28 and 29. You know, I, I serve with his energy, which so powerfully works in me. Amen. And that's a really helpful thing. Like that, I actually think of that at times when I'm yeah. done. <laughs> I might not even be tired. I'm just done in my head with Project yeah. X. But Lord, just give me the energy. Give me the mm-hmm. stick-to-itiveness. And he does. He gives that energy. It's not just, well, I got to muscle through. Amen. But I got to muscle through. But he comes and meets me. Uh, so I, that's, that's been, that verse, the, the last two verses of Colossians 1 have for a long time been super important in my, in my formation. And part of it is this, that he, he, his energy is what so powerfully works in me. So good. I think one more for me is just that uh, we need to be diligent in the big things and the small. I remember I learned, the Lord kind of showed me this lesson back in seminary when I was working uh, 40 hours selling ladies shoes at Dillard's. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, I sold <laughs> shoes to, to ladies, uh, paying my way through seminary and providing for my wife. And as we worked on commission, so we made nine and a half percent on every shoe that we sold. So it was a hundred dollars. You got I mean, round up, you got $10, right? Wow. So $9 and 50 cents. But here was a problem. Dillard's likes to mark things down. And so anytime no, a it's shoe, not a problem for well, us. Well, it's not. Yeah, for, for me it was. And so they would mark things down to 65% off. So a $100 shoe is now $35. We only got 35 cents mm-hmm. on that. So that's about wow. 90 cents. On a $100 shoe, you got 90 cents. So Dillard's, great for everybody. And this is not a plug for Dillard's. Uh, <laughs> they would, they would have, we'd have lots of sales and lots of people would come in for these 65% off shoes. So long story short, there'd be lots of times where we'd make almost nothing. And here's what I found. A lot of times the people who would come, like who would grab these shoes would grab 50 at a time. They'd want to try them all because they're so cheap. Mm. And so in other words, they would be a lot of work. Yeah. And so what many of our my coworkers would do, what, would they, they would take the shoes, they would go back in the stock room, they would grab, they would set the shoes down, grab their phones, kind of play some games mm. on it, text some people, and, and then they would come back maybe with one or two boxes and be like, oh, sorry, this is all we had, never actually checking. And I remember I would see that and I would, I would kind of struggle with that because it didn't feel like that was right. But it also didn't feel like the effort was going to actually be worth it in the end. But I remember, and I, and I would kind of contemplate Luke 16, 10, where he says, he is faithful in a little will be faithful in a lot. And so one of the greatest lessons the Lord taught me was to be diligent, yeah, in those really big times, but also in the really small moments and just being faithful in those little things. And I learned that through on, on a positive end in this way that I remember one time uh, we had this big shoe sale and this lady, and she, she didn't look, or she, she just kind of looked like she didn't have much money or anything going on. And she was carrying probably 10, 15 pairs of 
these really cheap shoes. Oh, Everybody no. was avoiding mm-hmm. her. <laughs> I mean, like the plague. Her. And so everyone was like, oh, I have to go into the stock room or whatever it was. And so I've avoided her for a little while. And I just go, you know what? And the Lord kind of spoke. He's like, maybe you. I was like, I think I just need to do this. Like, she's mm-hmm. been here a long time. And so I grab her 10, 15 or whatever pairs of shoes in size eight. And I go back there and it feels like 45 minutes. I'm balancing boxes in my hands and I come back out. <laughs> so she tries them on. And I, I'm just like, oh, okay, that's not going to be worth anything. And so she, she, she comes up to me. And she's like, hey, only like two of these worked. And wow. I'm like, okay, so this is like a dollar fifty or something. Yeah. So this is this was not worth it. An hour. She goes, but uh, you know, I I wasn't gonna get these today, but you know, I might as well since I'm here and I don't like coming to the mall that much. Uh, she points over to the these tall fry boot table where they're all about three four hundred dollars a piece, and she goes, I need about eight pairs of these. Wow. And she points this one boot is the most expensive, and then like another style or so, and I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, I, I need like eight of those if you have them, and then I'll order them if not. And so I was like, what in the world? I'm like, this lady's got to be messing with me. And so I go back and get them, and she goes, yeah, I'll, I'll pay for them right here. And pay for them, it ends up being like a $4,000 sale. And I mean, so I make $400 on that. And, <laughs> you thought you were making a buck yeah. fifty. <laughs> and, and right as she leaves, she's about to leave, she looks, right, looks at me right now, and she goes, thank you so much for your help. Mm. And I remember that just sh- that that shaped me. Mm-hmm. And again, there are plenty of times where being diligent doesn't end up in four thousand dollars sales, right? Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of other times where it legitimately didn't. But the Lord showed me if you're faithful with a little, you'll be faithful with a lot. Mm-hmm. And it set me up for a mentality of I need to be diligent in these moments, the place of all these things that I don't want to do, because one day God's going to put something in front of me that's going to be really hard, even if it's in the ministry or calling that I want. Yeah. And will I be faithful there? Be faithful in a little, you'll be faithful in a lot. It's good. Amen. I, I'll add even another one. As I think of Colossians 4, again, there's a, I think reminding ourselves of the reward Christ has for us. Mm. Uh, Christ will reward those who are diligent workers. Uh, I think he will do that. Uh, his, his word clearly says it. And so sometimes when we don't feel like giving our best, when we don't feel like maximizing, um, you know, being as diligent as we possibly can, I think reminding ourselves of the fact that us engaging in this, God does indeed have a reward for us. Uh, I don't know exactly what that is, but he does. And so that's just a good reminder for me that that means our labor is not in vain. Uh, We're not working just because, but we're working to honor Christ, especially, and, and to glorify his name, but even for the fact that he's going to give us a reward when we see him face to face. And so uh, I just I think that's a good uh, just a good motivation, but not, not only motivation, but even to piggyback on what I said, when we fail, I think that can help anchor us, that we are going to fail, like I said, but to remind ourselves that Christ has a reward for us, so let's get up and be diligent again as best as we possibly can. So that's what mm-hmm. I would add. Um, and so just set your mind on Christ's reward that he has for you. Well, I love that because that tags right up to what I'm going to say mm. is the last little practical tip, which is Romans 5 talks about suffering produces perseverance mm. or maybe a synonym mm. to diligence, yeah. produces character, yes. produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because mm. God has poured out his love in our hearts. So. Our suffering and perseverance, our suffering means we have to persevere. Mm-hmm. 
um, or we give up. But then the then the chain is stopped. Character and hope yeah. are stopped if we give up. But when we yeah. persevere, when we exercise diligent uh, diligence, and when we think mm-hmm. that God's got a greater reward coming, part of it is our own character changes. And then that goes back to exactly Grant what you said of those two years getting up under houses actually changed your character to go to really being a diligent person. And you and I, Ben, know this. Um, you know, the first thing Grant did when he came into the residency, he and Alexis had to raise their support. So that's how our model works at Grace is that we support a family in a short-term way till they raise the support mm-hmm. that will launch them for three or four or five years. And Grant tackled that partnership development piece in those first three months and four months mm-hmm. and worked it and worked it and worked it. It only took him three months. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, <laughs> you know, like it, it, yeah. it was unbelievable. And of course it's, it's God moving, but God can't move if you don't make the phone call. <laughs> it was unbelievable and stretching. He definitely, the Lord was, definitely stretched me. I was blown away. You raised 1.5 million a year. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. That's amazing. <laughs> and the and the 98% fee that Grace has to take. I'm, I mean, I'm just... <laughs> no, no. I'm just, but that was amazing. But perseverance produces character and character hope. And, Amen. And that earlier, but the characters changed. Well, mm-hmm. you know, thanks, guys, for list, uh, for thinking through this with us, mm-hmm. for helping from your lives of diligence. And I'm a little, I'm a little late to the party. I learned diligence a little bit later, it seems, <laughs> than you guys. Uh, but I think I, I'm getting there. And, of course, I'm trying to yeah. keep up with you people. Uh, but it is fun to hard, to work hard, so then you can rest hard, which is our next podcast episode. Yeah. So everybody, come on and join us back next time as we uh, talk about what rest is. But for now, don't forget that here we're living a life of diligence, careful and persevering effort in our calling, our project, mm-hmm. or our role, or whatever it is. Careful, persevering effort. Thanks, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us, and thank you for joining us as well out there in the world. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.